of a broken heart She trying to find a way back to the light This is not how she imagined One decision changed the direction Trying to find a way to make it right There's a million people with a broken heart And everyone is looking for change
Hello, good morning and welcome to our live Saturday show on Catholics at Home podcast. I'd like to wish everyone a blessed weekend and a happy morning to you. Now, you just watched that music video from Father Rob Galea. If you didn't know, we had him just recently on our show and you can watch that episode, you know, his vocation, his ministry and what he does, uh, you know, fantastic episode to watch so don't forget to log on to our facebook and youtube channels and look up for that episode right with father rob galea all right good morning once again my name is kachang kevin and today i'll be hosting today's show which is behind the walls of the seminary wow you're gonna get a virtual tour you're gonna be taken to places you've never been before i hope all right, so once again, uh, I'd like to welcome everybody who's just joined us pretty early. We've had a lot of uh, you guys, as usual, our, we love, appreciate your enthusiasm to join us very early. I'd like to say a very good morning to those who've been chatting with us on our Facebook page. Uh, I'd like to say hi to Philomena, Kate, uh, Dan, Shanti, uh, Father GT, good morning to you. Uh, also, we have uh, Jane, Valerie, a uh, lot more. So if you want to chat with us, don't forget to go on the comment section. You know, just want to say hi or you want to tell us what you had for breakfast, you're welcome to do so. All right. And don't forget, we're also streaming live on a lot of other platforms, you know, on YouTube, uh, your Archdiocese platform. You know, just log in there and you can also watch this episode and uh, yeah, get chatting with us. So now let's get on with the show. Before that, let me bring on uh, the main host. <laughs> You all know him. He is Father Clarence Devdas or Father CD. Father CD, how are you? <laughs> Hi, Kevin. Good morning. Good morning. You don't mind me I, calling you Father CD, right? Well, that's what I'm. I, many people call me CD, very short form. I sign off CD sometimes too. All right. Not, 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 not a compact disc. <laughs> you know, but I, I just watched a video, I uh, came across a video of this uh, Dutch guy, I can't remember mm -hmm. his name, he was talking about uh, uh, how weird or unique Malaysia is and one of the things he said is we always love abbreviations and it's true, isn't it? The pandemic, we had MCO, CMCO, RMCO, uh, you know, PPN, PPV, you know, so, you know, all these uh, uh, abbreviations like for the CD, for the GT and all that is quite not common to us, right? <laughs> Yeah, I think I think sometimes you know it can be a mouthful to pronounce some names, so abbreviations <laughs> are, are are easier. I mean, Kachang Kevin KK. I mean, that's that's KK, KK, uh, KK. it's quite quite easy to not, remember. Not a, not a convenience shop, Don't. don't, don't <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, 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 balu. So yeah, so sometimes it's you know, I I think we're all waiting to 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 get to to do some kind of a trip, Kevin. I mean, at least yeah. even out of the house to somewhere. To visit exactly. somebody. Exactly. How have you been? We, we have missed you for a while. Yeah, well, uh, I have been busy with work. Uh, but like I said, uh, great to see some normalcy. Uh, you know, uh, we're starting to see some normalcy. You know, uh, quick, quick fact, I just went out for the first time to buy something. You know, not ordering online, buy something. And the item was actually a pair of shoes. Because, you know, I'm, I'm a one-shoe kind of guy. I have one shoe for everything. And for the past year... I've been wearing slippers even to office and everywhere because you know my shoes just worn out completely. So finally, I get a chance to wear shoe for more than a year. <laughs> so did you? Could you remember how to get to a shop and how to look for a pair of shoes? Uh, I mean, a lot yeah. of things we, yeah. we may have forgotten. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, one of the, very quickly, one of the things I noticed that you know, 
during this MCO, we're, we're having like masses, especially for, for, for funeral masses. I begin to realize people are also forgetting uh, the different uh, gestures uh, and the different you know positions for mass. You know when to stand, when to kneel, uh, and people are, are forgotten. You know, and I'm quite surprised actually. Something that's been so ingrained in us, so yeah. automated, and after this yeah. about 18 months of not doing it, I mean everybody's yeah. sitting on a couch and just probably watching the mass or joining the exactly. mass. They've yeah. forgotten kind of thing. So a lot of things that we are going to go back to, I think we kind of need a relearning uh, how to do things. You know, uh, maybe the first week when we open the church, uh, probably we need to have, okay, these are the things that you need to do at mass. <laughs> step by step guide, we need to send out yeah. before that. Yeah, you know, before mass, you know, when you're waiting for mass to start, you know, we, we all have that projection and we can put that, you know, here's a reminder what to do, when to do, what to do. <laughs> 101, yeah. Speaking about what to do and uh, one-on-ones, uh, we have some seminarians with us to share with us what they've been learning and also to give us a virtual tour. So if I may, uh, let me welcome our brothers, uh, Joseph Wong and Patrick Hillary. Hi, Gavin. Hi, Hi. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Morning, morning, Joseph. Morning, morning Patrick. Father. Morning, everyone. Patrick. All right, we'll get Patrick on pretty soon. Uh, don't worry about that. But uh, Joseph, how are you? I'm good, Father. I'm good, Kevin. Sorry. <laughs> had your breakfast already? Yes, we had our breakfast just now after the mass. And and what was for breakfast? I always quite curious. I like to know what's for breakfast. It's usual the bread and butter and all that and peanut oh, and jam. Saturday. Yeah. So, Saturday. yeah. Most of the Mostly. days, and then uh, on Tuesday and Thursday we will have something special. Whoa. Indian food, for example. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Other than uh, that, bread and butter, yes. Yeah. Father CD is greening already, yeah. Mm, <laughs> some Indian food. It's all it's, it's all it's all it's all all the part of the training to get them to an to, to, to a kind of an austere life, to a monastic <laughs> life. Just give them at least I get I bread agree. and butter and, 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 and not bread. And not bread and water, at least. At least, oh, I hope you have coffee, man. at least. <laughs> yeah, we do have coffee and tea, of course. My favorite is green tea. <laughs> You know, when I when I was in the seminary, it was you know, coffee in the morning came in a bowl. We used to drink coffee out of out of a bowl. It was some long French tradition, um, but I think that's no longer there anymore now. I think now you are, you have proper mugs to drink coffee from, right? Yes, yes, yes. We have plenty of mugs and we have cups as well. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to know you have cups. Well, you know, Father, I used to drink coffee from a bowl, and uh, the reason is because you know I'll always be late. You know, the school bus will be coming, and you know the coffee is too hot. So my mother will pour it in a bowl and you know it makes it uh, cooler faster and I can drink coffee. Yes, yes, yes. Bus, bus man coming, Uncle Bus coming. <laughs> All right, it's like well, how yeah. we used to do in the coffee shop, we pour it on a saucer, the Malaysian way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. right. Okay, Brother Joseph, uh, thank you for joining us. You know, um, apart from breakfast, uh, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Uh, where do you come from? Uh, your parish, your family, stuff like that. Okay, my name is Joseph Wong. Most of them call me Jojo, as you have known just now. Okay, and then I come from uh, the Sacred Heart Cathedral of Cebu, which is uh, located in Sarawak. Mm -hmm. And I come from the family of five. I have one uh, elder sister and one younger brother. So, uh, yeah, basically, uh, it's a simple family. And then currently, I'm doing like uh, second year philosophy in College General here in Penang. Yeah. Great, great. And uh, what made you want to take this path to priesthood? 
actually, well, if you want me to say it's a long story, I would say, but uh, to cut it short, I would say that uh, this is something which is, you know, which is, uh, you know, I had this nudging since young. It's like uh, something very, very subtle, but I don't really pay much attention to it. And then uh, it's kind of like at the back of my mind. But uh, at the same time, because my family is kind of like a very academic type of family. So, of course, in terms of academic, in terms of education, it's very much stressed on by my uh, parents. And my parents themselves were educators also before they retired. So in a sense, it's like natural for us to kind of like, you know, to finish our study until at least like tertiary education. Mm -hmm. So at that time, I was like, the thing is still at the back of my mind. I didn't really pay much attention to it. So after graduation, even I was telling myself that I should at least explore the world, you know. So that's when I went out to work for around five years. And at the end of the five years, uh, the last year especially, I started to have a serious discernment about it. And then I met the clergy. And then at the end, uh, yeah, that's when I decided that uh, it's something, you know, that I should do. And yeah, Patrick is coming. He's going <laughs> <Right. talk> to <laughs> Yeah. Great, great, great. So actually, we thought that um, since in college, we're always together. So we thought at least online, we can be separated. But I think <laughs> the community is just yes. too I think this very is powerful. Yeah. This is more casual. <laughs> yeah. Unseparable. Yeah. So do you two uh, know each other uh, before the seminary? Or you met in the seminary? Oh, we, we both of us met in the seminary because mm -hmm. we are from the same batch. Yeah, mm -hmm. from the 2019 batch. And same age as well. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> which which parish do you come from, Patrick? Uh, and where do you come? All right. Sorry. I come from Perak, Silver State, Ipoh, Mali. And I'm from the parish of Our Lady of Lutz, uh, Slibin. Mm. Yeah, so I've been born and bred there in school. And um, before joining, I used to work as a medical assistant in Ipoh GH. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much about it. So this this morning we are kind of trying to get our people to to get a little view what happens in the seminary. You know, the gate of the seminary is always closed to outsiders unless yes. unless you have some Especially business now. in the seminary. Yeah, <laughs> even more now. Uh, yeah. Even my time is the same. You know, unless you have something to do in the seminary, uh, you you get you get to a certain certain point in the seminary. If Kevin now wanted to go into the seminary, you could drive up to the gate, you could drive up to the general office, and that's that's where you you kind of like don't go beyond. That's this that's, that's the sacred area. This morning, we want to kind of give a little bit of uh, a preview to people what happens in the seminary, what, what is it like. But before we get into that, and how many of you in the seminary at the moment, and, and what's community living like for, for, for you all? And where, where, where do people come from? Okay. Any one of you? Uh, yeah. Currently, we, there are 29 of us here uh, with uh, four formators and one spiritual father. So that makes the community 34 of us. Uh, we come from both Peninsula and also East Malaysia because uh, College General is the center for, of, uh, for philosophy. So East Malaysians, when they have finished their initiation year, uh, we, we might talk about what is initiation year later. But um, once they have finished their initiation year, they will come in here for their philosophy. So, yes, we have 29 uh, seminarians currently in College General. 
Um, in regards to community life, I think, uh, like it or not, I think every community go through some kind of uh, uh, struggle, uh, some kind of tension. But also, you know, the joy, the fun of community life is also very much alive. And I think, uh, if I would say in one sentence, um, that we all try to live together, we all try to appreciate and we try to love one another. So I think that is the, the, the best part of community living, when we can do something together, you know, and we have our brother's support. So it's, it's, still, it's, it's still the same in the sense that, you know, it's not always brother, brother, lovey-dovey between each other. So there will be times when you have challenges and difficulties with one another. Not all the time, <laughs> not all the time but you, you, you can't run away from that. Yeah. yeah. No, no you, use, you use the words initiation, philosophy. For our viewers this morning, they may not understand what's, what's that. What are the different stages uh, of formation in the seminary? If you could just try and explain to our viewers... Um, how does when one comes in? What where do, does one start and where does one end? Yeah. Uh, Joseph, you would like to, to take that? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, in CG itself, we start with initiation year, but because prior to that, we will have pre-initiation year. So pre-initiation year is basically a year that focuses on uh, improving your English skill. But of course, besides that, we will have a spiritual. Uh, spiritual formation and we will have community living as well but the focus will be on the English and then when it comes to the initiation year which is considered the first year in the college general then we will have uh, things like I mean it will, it's more like a real seminary formation where we learn about community living because we'll have a bigger group of people and then we'll have uh, for, uh, formators with us living with us and we will have uh, uh, we we study more on uh we develop our spirituality and then we we also uh develop uh, our self-knowledge uh we learn about growth our own self-growth and all that and then when it comes to the philosophical years of course the major focus will be on those uh, philosophical courses and then of course we also study on scriptures a little bit on scriptures and then uh, after the philosophical years that will be uh, the end of uh, college, uh, I mean, the end of study in college general, then we will go to the Regency year, which is kind of like an optional year. It depends on the bishop whether he would send you to, you know, to do a pastoral in that Regency year, or you will go straight to the theological study, which will be done in uh, St. Peter's College in Kuching. And for that, I guess uh, it will take around four and a half years. So altogether, if everything goes on smoothly, I would say it will take around seven to eight years. If everything goes on smoothly, yeah. Wow, seven to eight years. Um, my my perception, uh, you know, if you ask me, I was if I would think what would happen in seminary is like when we go for church camps, you know. So you know, you just have go there and then the sessions every day and all that. Uh, but of course, this is like a college environment. I just want to know whether, uh, how difficult or easy was it to, uh, were there any surprises? Was it like what you imagined it would be when you, when you enrolled in, in, this, in this sort of thing? Uh, was there any surprises, like uh, something that caught you out? As for me, I think um, there wasn't any surprises. I, basically, because I think before getting, I mean, coming into seminary, uh, it is good to do some research, you know, what kind of a life you're going to live, you know, what are you, what's your daily activities, a little bit of kind of a research when you talk to other seminarians. So there wasn't a, like a surprise to me, but um, 
there was always uh, what would I say is uh, it's a kind of uh, it's a it's a growing process and every day is a growing process. So it's I think once you have that ex, uh, you accept that uh, every day is a day an opportunity for you to grow and I think that makes uh, seminary life interesting. What about you, Joseph? Uh, was it what you expected? Uh, for me, I would say that uh, maybe I had a very high expectation initially. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I kind of like understand this is, you know, we are in the real world. We are not in somewhere which is, you know, a utopia. But it is real and it is what we are coming here for. And we are learning at the same time. And I guess because of uh, it's real. I mean, of its realness. Then that's where we truly learn, and we learn to grow and to be mature as well. Yeah. Hmm. I, I'm sure much has not changed since I was in the seminary. Now I left the seminary in 1996, uh, so not so long ago. Also, 20 over years ago, not much has changed. But at least for the benefit of the viewers, uh, to either one of you, maybe Patrick can take. You talk about daily life. What's what's the daily routine like? What's what's daily life in the seminary like? What time do you wake up? What happens next? Uh, is it all pray, pray, pray? I mean, is there no there's no play or you know what what do you do? Uh, tell tell our viewers what's what's an ordinary day like. I mean, of course, we'll talk a little bit about the weekend because weekend you talk a little bit about pastoral work. But from Monday to Friday, what's what's your routine like? Okay, uh, I mean, since Father used the word routine, so obviously there's a schedule in that sense. So we. Um, we start our day with our lots, uh, which is morning prayer at 6 a.m. And then we have meditation after that. And we have our mass. And then we go for breakfast. So weekdays, we have classes. Our classes are usually from 8.45 right up to 12.30. And um, then you'll break for lunch. And then afternoon, uh, some of us will have language classes. For example, Tamil or Eng uh, Chinese. Chinese, you know. So, yeah. And after our language classes, and we will have... Usually alternate days, some days we will do manual labor where we will go and do some work around this place. And also we will have spots. And then we will gather again for Vespers, which is evening prayer. And we will end with dinner. And after dinner is your free time where you can do your revision. So that is pretty much what happens from Monday to Friday. And yeah, that's it. Okay, let me let me let me try and break it down for our for our for our viewers. So you wake up at six o'clock in the morning, that's right? Yes. Let me just we try. And... Start at six o'clock. Ah, yeah. Okay, so, so there's, mo there's, there's morning prayer at six o'clock. So it depends. You you, you could get up five. You could get up five minutes before six, or you could get up half yes. an hour before six. So at six o'clock, you you have uh, morning prayer, and then morning prayer after morning prayer. I think it's that's about what fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. Yeah, about twenty to twenty-five. Yeah. Okay. Then comes meditation. 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 Yes. That's for what? What half an hour? About twenty-five minutes or so. Okay, and, and mass then, at what time? Mass is at seven. Okay, seven. Then then breakfast is at seven thirty. Okay, I'm just trying to break this down for our, for our viewers so that they know what your schedule is because you gave us a kind of one whole uh, yes, yes. experience of what it is. So breakfast at seven thirty. Then and then after breakfast, I guess you have some free time, uh, yes. some house cleaning. Then what time classes start at eight forty five? You were saying. Correct. Eight forty five. Okay, and you go up. With you know every every lecture is forty five minutes. Yes, and we have a fifteen minute break in between. And you go on till about twelve, about twelve. Thirty. Twelve thirty. Twelve thirty. And lunch is at twelve thirty. Correct. All right. And then you have lunch, siesta, siesta the good old seminary, 
the good old yeah. seminary tradition of siesta is still there yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did it very much <laughs> you know when i'm sure before you joined the seminary there was no siesta this is something that the seminary teaches wow. you i think the siesta practice yeah. of sleeping in the afternoon <laughs> uh, then you go then you be, you you start again at three o'clock is that three we o'clock? start at 2 30 with um, afternoon prep okay and then after afternoon prep takes about five to ten minutes you know okay uh, so then after that we have our there's time for spiritual reading before 3 p.m because we start our language classes at 3 p.m okay three and that goes on till about 3 45 then you have tea yes three then to it four is class then we have tea yeah and then you have uh manual labor which is no maintenance work or, or games i think i guess it's alternate days correct alternate days uh, and that goes on till about six so much much has not changed since my time uh, <laughs> so till six o'clock then you have shower and then and then it's it's evening prayer and then dinner yes, okay so that makes yeah. sense, uh, Father. Whenever we call the parish office, like in the afternoon, then they say, "Father, nothing, lah." <laughs> Actually, it's nothing, lah. <laughs> that's that's the habit. That's the habit that many of us pick up. Uh, but you know, some of us kind of have to undo it after eight years. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, uh, Father Clarence, why don't we take a tour inside the seminary right now? Yeah, I guess that's what our viewers have been waiting to see—to mm -hmm. see the 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 holy of holies. The places that they cannot get into. Uh, so this morning, this morning, Patrick and Hillary, uh, thanks to them, they have sent us some pictures that people may not have seen. You may have seen the seminary from the outside, but they're going to give us a little virtual tour of what the seminary is like, which includes, which includes the seminarian's bedroom. That's what everybody wants to know. Wow. How's your bedroom like? What do you have? Do you sleep on the floor? People ask. You know, on a sheet of paper or a mat. Today the we get to see. Chamber. <laughs> Today we get to see. So. Uh, Patrick and, and, and Joseph, uh, take us take us through a, a virtual uh, walk around the seminary. All right. Okay. So basically, as you can see in this picture, that is our college. Uh, in the front there, you can see the college uh, football field. And the back there are all the blocks. The first one, the block A, we call it is a res residential block. So... Yeah, this is our front gate, as you can see, it's filled with trees, uh, it's very close with nature. And the back there is a small hill and it's facing the sea towards the other side. Right. Okay, this is the football field that I mentioned just now. As you can see, it has a very nice view of the sea. Are those are those are those durian trees? Are they are they floating? Yes. I remember yes. during our time. We used to have uh, lovely durians every year. And uh, personally, I'm a durian lover, so I really enjoy myself here in CG for these three years. <laughs> when I when I was in the, when I was the seminary, those those towers were not there; uh, had not been yeah. built. Uh, so you could actually yeah. have a then you have, can see have a, a clear view of the sea, right? Yeah, there will be a clear view of the sea on, on a nice day. You actually could see uh, the mainland. You could actually see across. But you know, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, these towers have come up uh, that kind of put a barrier on on a clear view of the sea, isn't it? This is this is from the yes. chapel, right? This is right from from the, from the just outside the chapel. You're looking overlooking the sea. Yeah, this is actually uh, outside the museum. So you are overlooking. Of course, you get a better view when you are on top of uh, the place, which is the museum, or we call them the Mario field, the old Mario field. 
And as you can see in this picture, this is night view of the college. The college actually have a very nice view at night, especially if there is no clouds and you can see a lot of stars. All right, next. Okay, this is our residential block that uh, I explained just now. The first block actually is belongs to, uh, this, I mean, I think the seminarians and the uh, formators, they are all staying in this block. So uh, our refectory is at the ground floor as well. And then the ground floor is consists of the IY rooms. So this is uh, the fish pond, which is right outside the residential block with a grotto. And this is our St. Peter's garden next to the residential block. And as you can see, this is the refectory. This is where we dine, where we have fun actually as well during the special events, for example, like our Kamatan. And then we just celebrate our uh, lecturer's day, which is uh, St. Chastan and Inbert feast day uh, on the 21st of September. Yeah, this is uh, the example of the room, the room of the seminarian. So this is this is now this is the the, the room of a seminarian that people would want to see. So there is a little a, a desk that you have a desk of a bed. So seminarians don't sleep on the floor. Uh, it's not no, a hard cold floor. <laughs> it's not it's not some sort of punishment that you go to the seminary. You know, there's actually a, there's actually a proper bed. I just yeah, wanted to share a story. I have a share a story that, you know, the the beds are the beds are. are they, they look the same as, as when I was there. Uh, some of us who were who were taller, who were, who were, who were six footers, uh, we had these custom made beds. Uh, I don't know whether the beds are still there or not. So I remember every year because they are limited number. Every year we have to change rooms, right? I, I do you still yeah. change rooms every year? Yeah. Yes. So every year, every year you change rooms. So one of the things that a few of us who were who were, who were six footers, we actually had to carry our bed. From one floor to another floor, <laughs> every year. That's that's you know. So then that's when you have to ask your friends, or oh, please help me, other seminarians, please help me, because you can't do it alone. Uh, so you have to. So you have to make good friends with others. Please help me carry carry my bed. So that's one of the things I remember when shifting rooms. Oh no, I have to move my bed again. Actually, Father Clarence, I I feel you because I'm a six footer myself. <laughs> but the the good thing is that okay, now we don't need to carry because now most of the bits like it's, it's okay, you know, yeah. for a six footer. Good it's yeah. good enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So just so the the rooms are, are self-contained. Uh, they 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 come with a bathroom attached. So yes. each one of you have will have a room to yourself, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, with a, a study area. Room. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you 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 manage you manage the, the the cleaning of your own room, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, as you can see in this picture, this is our prayer room, which is located within the residential block. So last time during the MCO, we used to have masses here. Yep. So this is this is right on above, right on the top of the of the first block, right? Yes, yes. correct. Yes, correct. Okay, and I, I noticed it's slightly different. It's different because there is there is a there is a glass panel now there. That yes. kind of looks into the into the into the slope with all yes. the greens. It clears up the room because it, it, the sunlights will come in, and also it's overlooking the chapel on top, so it's kind of ah. like very nice. Yeah. Ah, right. Okay, so you're actually gazing into nature in the, yeah. in the, in the yeah. prayer room, and the monkeys as well. <laughs> all right. Room. Okay. The ones that are inside inside the inside the room, or the ones that are outside the room. So you're not not too sure. Kevin is laughing away. They are outside, but they now because not, of the they are kind of like they always come out to visit us. I'm not I'm not sure when they when the monkeys are outside when they look inside and what do they think of those people who are inside the room? They will think that we are monkeys too. <laughs> 
This is our laundry area. Yeah, this is this is above the the prayer room. Yeah, so this is uh, this is what we call as a viewing deck. Actually, there's a very beautiful uh, view from here, I and mean, you can see the sea. Um, yeah, this is where we do our laundry and where we dry our clothes. So basically, I mean, I mean, for people to know that this is where the seminarians do their own laundry, uh, yes. and and it's not it's not sent out or something like that. No. All right. So the next, uh, okay, this one is uh, a view where you can see all the academic block, administration block, also the museum and Sacred Heart Chapel. Um, so I think first, academic block is basically where we have our classrooms and administration block is where the offices are. All right. Okay, this is uh, one of our classrooms. Okay, this is a classroom come music room. That is why we have the organ and, uh, you know, the keyboard there. So, yeah, this is how we, we have our classes. This is the auditorium, which sometimes we use for events. And this is our library. Yeah, let's, let's, let's just go back a little bit to the library and, and just have a look at the library a little bit. Uh, some people may be curious to know what what you have in the library. I, I think the one that is facing right facing us is is where you have your periodicals, your journals. If I remember, uh, would that be would that be correct? How, how many do, do you know? How many books do you have in the seminary? A collection of how many books in the seminary? No idea. Father. No idea. <laughs> all right. So I think that's that's the task that you all have to go and, and yeah. This out. Yeah. You know. It, I think I think it's it's just to kind of have a sense. So I, you you the, the the books are all classified into philosophy, into Bible, into theology books, and other uh, other sciences. And you have uh, periodicals also uh, that are being shared there. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and this would be your lounge. Yes. And this is where is this where you, you you go to for in between classes for your breaks? Correct. Yeah. To have coffee to and have, tea, yeah. and biscuits, and to discuss and yeah, to yeah. chat, to chat. <laughs> because so after, after every class, we need a chit chat, you yeah. know, to clear our mind. <laughs> so so after each after each lecture, there's you have fifteen minutes of break, right? Yes. Correct. So this is where this is where you congregate. I remember. I mean, I mean, this was not not something that was there when I was there. Uh, but this is where you congregate for for coffee breaks uh, after after your lectures. Yes, correct. All right. Okay. This is the office, general office. This would be, yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is now, our chapel. Yeah. Tell us tell us a little bit about the chapel. If any one of you, I mean, a little bit of a do you, do you have any stories about the chapel to share? Mm, not really. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. There are a lot of relics inside. Yes, yes. Yeah. The, 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 chapel, the chapel itself is, is quite old. Uh, I, I'm not too sure. I, I cannot remember now uh, when, which year it was built. Uh, but the chapel is probably the highest point uh, on the seminary grounds, isn't it? Uh, yes, next yes, to, yeah. the, to the, the Mariofield building. Uh, and if you come to the back of the chapel and you, you actually look, you actually see the sea. Uh, right across, and uh, the chapel has been restored more more recently. Uh, after I had left, I believe. But I remember if if we if we go inside very quickly uh, into the internal, 
uh, look at this is this is the the, the inner part of the of the of the of the of the chapel. It's dedicated to the Sacred Heart. Yes. Any any memories of the of the of the chapel? Any any funny stories about the chapel that you can share with us? Um, I mean, it's not it's not always praying at the time. Yes, yes. I mean, one of the I think if I if I would share, I think one of the the fun parts of being in the chapel is during choir practice. You know, because here at daily masses we have to uh, we have to compose our own psalms. You know, especially the refrain. You know. And then you can see uh, funny tunes coming out, funny voices coming out, you know, all those things. And we really used to have fun during choir practice, you know. And yeah, that is one of the memories back then. What is what is unique for you about this chapel? I mean, we have been to many churches, we have been to many chapels. Uh, if there's one thing that stands out for you uh, in the chapel, what would that be? For me, I would say the, the one thing that really stand out is uh, the voice, uh, you know, that, that projection. You don't really need a microphone in the chapel per se. You can just speak from the front and kind of like everybody can hear you even if your voice is uh, loud enough. You can actually hear from the front, I mean from the back, sorry. So in a sense, I think the architecture of the chapel was really unique in the sense it's built to, 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 to how to say it, for us to be there without the PA system. All right. So the acoustics, the acoustics are, yes. are good in, right. in the chapel. This is the main entrance, the back of the chapel. Uh, can you go back to that for a while, please? Yeah. You know, this is the the, the, the back of the chapel. Now, if I, I just want to share a, a funny story. If you look at if you look at both the, the sides, you see the, the the way the stations of the cross uh, uh, that are put there. You know, so when I when I was there, I can't remember which year was it. So usually after after morning prayer, there's there's meditation. So you could choose where you want to go for meditation. Either you could remain in the chapel, or you could go outside, or you could sit uh, in the grounds um, for meditation. Remember, one of the seminarians actually sat under the one of the way of the cross, and uh, and meditation had just finished, and he just moved aside, and one of those stations across actually fell down, exactly where he sat. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> you know, uh, so we, we kind of we kind of joked that you know we kind of joked and said that it's you know fine. yeah that would be, that would have been the fourth fall of Jesus on your head literally. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's you know it, it was it was so old and fragile at the time uh, yes. that you know we didn't realize that you know how how. How unique! I see that the, the way of the cross is quite unique. Uh, the set that you have in the seminary, I think, it's still the same set, and even the yes. stained glass that is right above uh, at the entrance door. Uh, it's a very unique piece uh, that that you have uh, in the seminary, and, and it's and uh, including the 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 the, the ceiling. Okay, tell us a little bit about about the relics. Now you have some relics of some saints here in the seminary. Yes, and who are they? And what relics do you have? We have quite a number of relics, actually. Um, uh, some of them are like the relics of St. Philip Min. St. Philip Min is our, our college martyr. Uh, he's a Vietnamese martyr. He was martyred in Vietnam, and he used to be a student in College General. We have relics of St. Justin and Imbert, who were professors at College General. What and relics do you have, Patrick? Tell us what relics. What do you have? Have you uh, taken a closer look at it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, like for Philip, uh, St. Philip Min and for St. Justin and Imbert, we have uh, their bony fragments, their bone fragments. 
Yeah. Okay. And uh, we also have uh, the the crucifix of one of a martyr called Father Paul Chow. You know, and this crucifix has uh, when you see this crucifix, uh, it uh, the 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 image of Jesus on this crucifix will have a very Asian uh, face. You know, and the crucifix will have some uh, Asian arts on it. And yeah, that is one of it. And um, yeah, these are and some other uh, saints uh, relics that we do have as well, like Saint Teresa so of Lisieux, you, you know, and all. Yeah. So you have their bones. You have some some of their bones yeah. uh, uh, of the, the the saints uh, in in the chapel. Yes. Okay. The first class relics. Yeah. Correct. Ah, right. And okay. To add on the Saint Philippine actually has his own personal prayer book inside the chapel as well. Yeah, but we couldn't really. Uh, get into it because it's been sealed up and all that. Yeah. All right. Okay. Now this. Okay, we'll talk talk a little bit about Saint Philipmin and companions. Tell us a little bit about that about him and his friends. Okay, Saint Philipmin actually it's uh the well the students uh in college general in the year uh, eighteen forty until eighteen forty six. So they were studying uh there. There were the students there, and after that, went back to their own home country. And during that time, because of the persecution uh, happening in the Vietnam, so they kind of uh, like undergo severe torments and persecution. And at the end, they were they were beheaded. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the year 1853. So after that, uh, long after that, then uh, they were canonized as saints uh, by. Uh, John Paul, if I'm not mistaken, in the year of 1988. I mean, this tells a little bit about the seminary, isn't it? Uh, yes. Long before, the seminary was, was also a regional seminary. So a lot of uh, students who wanted to become, young men who wanted to become priests from the region, from Vietnam, Thailand, Myanmar, uh, who had studied in, in College General. Uh, for a lot. In fact, that is the reason why uh, the college is named as College Generals, because it means that a lot of people are coming to that same place to study. At that time, it was uh, at the old seminary, which is at the Gurney Drive there. And another name that we sometimes used to call College General is the College of Martyrs because of the martyrs that we have here, including the Chastan and Imbert as well. Yeah. All right. Now, Shastan and Imbe were. Yeah, they were they were professors in uh, College General. Uh, Father Chastan was uh, in CG from 1828 to 1830. Uh, yeah, then he was sent. Uh, they are MEP's father, MEP fathers who came here and uh, they lectured here initially, and then they were sent for mission in Korea. And uh, Father Imbert later, who became Bishop Imbert, he was in college from 1821 to 1822. And um, he was lecturing in college general, and then uh, he was also sent for mission to Korea. And both of them were martyred in Korea. Uh, we just celebrated their feast day. So uh, since both of them taught in uh, college general and they were professors here, so we celebrate our lecturer's day, our college lecturer's day on their feast day. Yeah, and this year we celebrated it on the twentieth of September, which is our last week Monday. Yeah. Now where is where is this? This is just uh, below the museum. 
Okay, this is our uh, our grotto, and um, yeah, it is. Uh, it it was built by the, if I'm not mistaken, by the previous the seminarians. Yes. I'm not sure which year, but it was built by them. I guess it's our practice. Yeah. So is is this is this where you all have your your rosary devotions? Uh, not now. Yeah, because now we have our rosary devotions at our. Uh, at our foyer. Yeah, because our we have foyer. another, remember just now when we were looking at the grotto at the fish pond, that fish pond uh -huh. is actually situated right outside the refectory. Yeah. So normally we will have our rosary at the refectory facing the grotto at the fish pond. Yeah. Okay, this is our museum. Uh, the museum is, uh, I mean, we, it used to be uh, a place of visit, especially when we have like, guests or anyone coming in to visit College General last time. So one of the things is that we used to have many uh, antique things in this museum and also a kind of a story or a journey-like thing, um, how uh, College General came about and all those things. And before that, we used to have uh, Father Rutan's uh, art, art gallery you know his pictures uh, which is now is in currently is in the church of assumption yeah so currently the the, the museum is not uh, uh, i mean we, we we do not have much in the museum in that sense yeah but this this building this building before it became a museum uh, let me just add a little bit because where the seminary is located now it, it has moved it has moved from uh, what what shopping mall is there now in the old site? Gurney Plaza. Yeah, that's that's where the old seminary was, the original seminary before it moved here. And this was known as Mario Phil. Uh, and a lot of uh, seminarians long before me uh, who were studying there, this used to be the their kind of holiday holiday home. They used to come and, and, and live here up in this uh, little place. Uh, and when the seminary first moved, this was also part of... Uh, where seminarians lived before the, the new building was completed, where you saw the three residential blocks uh, that was completed much later, and, and then they moved, and then this became uh, a kind of a museum. Uh, quite, quite an interesting uh, building, but I, I forget a little bit of the history of it uh, when it was it's something that perhaps, no, uh, you all should update us later on when this building was, was put up. And so now uh, it, it is vacant? Yes, it's vacant. It's vacant. Waiting for new martyrs to come in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, this is our football field. This is, I mean, football is one of the sports that we have. Uh, okay, for the past two years, we did not have because uh, of MCO and all those things. Yeah, so this is, and we really have a huge field. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm not a football person in that sense, but I enjoy playing football with the community. Yeah. So it's not it's not all play, huh? it's it's not all studying. It's all not praying and or playing. It's yes, also playing right. involved. All, all right. right, okay. All right. And you have a few other things, right? You have a few other sports facilities. Ah. Yes, we have here. We have the basketball, the futsal court, volleyball, and also the sepata crow. Yeah. So usually, what we do is uh, we have our uh, yeah. One of it is the badminton hall. Um, 
Oh, you what we have our uh, sports exco, you know, uh, one who's in charge for sports. So usually what we do is we rotate these games like every week. For example, if we play football this week, next week we might play volleyball. Another group might be playing basketball. So that is how we rotate. So we usually we try to play uh, all these sports, you know. Yeah. Yeah, this is our bus badminton hall. Okay, this is our little garden where it's situated right at the gate, I mean, near the gate there. So only recently we started to plant some uh, fruit trees as well as some vegetables down there so that we could have some, you know, some fruits and vegetables of our own from the seminary ground. Yeah, okay, this is basically the, yeah, this is uh, the St. Philip Min uh, feast day that we celebrated in the chapel. Yeah, I guess that's about it, right? Yep. Wow. Thank you so much, uh, Joseph and Patrick. Uh, it looks very, um, I think Consuela mentioned, it looks very serene, you know, uh, lovely area, beautiful uh, grotto, beautiful chapels there. Uh, it sounds like a, just like a nice place to go for a retreat and you guys are on a seven, eight year retreat. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh, of course, Father Clarence brought back a lot of memories for you, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, indeed. I mean, of course, things have changed a little bit in terms of uh, mm. the numbers uh, and also, you know, the different places that were that were being used. Mm. A lot of memories. Yeah, I spent yeah seven years. I spent seven years there in, the, in Penang. During my and time, the whole the, the whole formation was in Penang. Right. You you did mention something about changing uh, rooms every year. Why is that? So one of, one of the reasons, at least this is what we were told, uh, I don't know whether that the same, I wonder if the same reason holds, is that so that we don't begin to accumulate things. So every at the end of every year, uh, you have to shed whatever things you don't, you don't, you, you don't uh, need. It's, it's part of like clearing off and then you move to the next room. At least that was the reason I was told. Not that we had many things uh, to, to, to throw away. Uh, but it, it was one way, I think, for me, the... One of the things is not being attached to one 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 place, so it's also a kind of sense of you you keep moving uh, every year. So it, it was you always started on the on the first floor. I don't. I wonder if it's still the same. Then you kept going up. It, it, no no indication of of seniority, but it is just that you know uh, you just keep they keep the class the cohorts together uh, on on the same floor and on each and every floor there used to be one priest who was kind of the the chaperone for. For for the seminarians uh, who are on that floor, supposedly like, not not that we were not naughty. I mean, we found ways around it, but uh, yeah. But yeah. I, I guess it's also kind of an indication of uh, what's to come when you're a priest. You're also not uh, attached to one parish for very long. You get moved around, so you should be prepared for you know being moved around and not to just uh, be comfortable in in one place. I suppose. Thank you so much. Yeah, but, but, at least, but at least now I don't have to carry my bed from one, one parish to another parish. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> that would have been torture. Now we just call the movers, right? <laughs> uh, thank you, Joseph and Patrick. Uh, it looks so beautiful, but I'm sure um, there must be challenges. Uh, so what kind of the challenge, challenges apart from carrying your bed? <laughs> Some other more... Uh, <laughs> Significant challenges uh, for the both of you uh, being in a seminary. You want to talk about that? 
I guess uh, for me, myself, the biggest challenge would be uh, when, you know, when we live in a community, we have people like Patrick mentioned just now, we live in a community uh, with people from all different types of backgrounds, with all different types of, uh, you know, career background, with all different types of races. So at that, at, at that, uh, in, that in that condition, I think uh, because of uh, our different uh, characters, our different personalities, and even our different experiences. So that makes it uh, very challenging for us to understand each other and also for us to, uh, you know, to, to, to blend in with each other. But I guess this is part of the training uh, uh, process where we have to go through for us to become more mature and for us to be, to be uh, you know, to be ready for the future uh, ministry as a priest if we get to be one one day. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, it's like, I mean, it's the same. Yeah, um, I, I mean, what, uh, one of the challenges because uh, you're called to live in a community, you know, yeah, it's always easy to point fingers to say that, hey, the problem is with that person, you know, the problem is not with me, you know. But at the end of the day, when you see that actually, hey, the, the the challenge is to see that the problem is, I mean, is within you, and then you are called to do what is necessary, you know, to to deal with it. So yeah, I think that is one of the biggest challenge. So how do you how do you how do you deal with how do you deal with conflicts then, with among yourselves? Oh, I think uh, as as every normal human being does, <laughs> where does it? I mean, we, we we try to dialogue, you know, we try to talk about it, yeah, and uh, we try to so-called uh, settle it among ourselves first, yeah. you know. Before, before, like asking our, our formators for to help us, yeah. So we have our big brothers here also. We can ask him so if we have any problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We re we realize that you know people come from from different backgrounds, and people come from people come with different temperaments in the seminary. They're not all coming out of a factory, isn't it? I mean, so everybody is yeah, no, quite no, yeah. different and it's, and it's not easy. When I was at the seminary, we were 30, 35, 35, close to 40 people. And it's not easy community living because you're having to navigate through to some people who are a little bit more sensitive than the others. Sometimes it's like walking on eggshells, isn't it? With, with others <laughs> in the community. Then having to work with one another. And, and then at the end of it all, yet going to the chapel to pray as a community, knowing yes. that you know you are struggling with someone. Yeah. That's the that's the whole dynamics of reconciliation and, and living together. Uh, maybe Father, um, you can offer some advice. Uh, you know, how did you used to settle conflicts uh, back then? Oh, we settled it on the football field. That's all. Uh, see you on the field. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just kidding. Just kidding. Well. <laughs> just kidding. But not now because of the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes it's it's about talking it through, and sometimes it can, we can be very silent. Let's not yeah, let's yeah. not uh, paint this picture that that life in the seminary is an is an ideal. I think uh, Joseph mentioned, you know, it's not a utopia, it's not an ideal community. It's not everybody happy, you know. There's, there are no conflicts. Sometimes when you have to work with each other in on different projects, uh, you sort of rub shoulders, and sometimes you, you 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 step on other people's feet, and sometimes there can be a a, a cold silence between two people. For a period of time, uh, this is the reality of, of seminary life and seminarians. Sometimes behind the walls, we, we, we think that they're all walking with their 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 hands clenched <laughs> together, you know, <laughs> and, and, and praying. Although it's not, it's not, 
it's not it's not that all the time it's a human community i think that's what people need to understand it's a human community uh, just like a family but an extended large family and there are, there will be conflicts but the beauty of it all is that at the end of the day we don't hold grudges we we find a way to reconcile we we don't hold it against each other Well, that's sound advice, not just for seminarians, but for everybody, because, you know, when we live with other people as well, you know, uh, we encounter this kind of problems. Uh, yeah, but it's great. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, so as uh, Father mentioned, you do the laundry, you do the cleaning, uh, cooking as well. Uh, who's a good cook there? Patrick, Actually, Joseph? Uh, in the college, we, we don't cook. In fact, we are not allowed to cook. So we have a oh. cook. Her name is Achu. So she will cook uh, lunches and dinner for all of us, mm. uh, especially mm. for the weekdays, and she will be off on Sunday. Yeah, so mm. except Sunday, then she will be cooking for all of us. So Sunday is food panda, la. <laughs> uh, no, actually, the college will order some food, yeah. uh, food foods outside for us. Yeah, mm. the food panda is additional. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh it's, it's uh, something to reward ourselves. <laughs> So, I mean, talking about food and, and the other things that you have in the seminary, on the weekends, as you say, on Sundays, uh, you, you go on, on pastoral work. So you are, you are out for, for ministry. What kind, of, what kind of ministry do you all kind of like do uh, over the weekend? All right. But uh, since it's pandemic, so currently we do not have any pastoral. Uh, if it's not pandemic... Uh, I think each year, for example, we have three three uh, years here, you know, our initiation year and first year philosophers and second year philosophers. So we all have different pastorals. For example, initiation year, when I was in my initiation year, we were asked to go to um, to engage in, uh, you know, like interreligious, you know, you go and visit uh, other uh, the places of worship, you know, get to know them, get to know the people and all those things. Um, usually, then the first year philosophers, they usually they have uh, pastoral and uh, like uh, spastic homes and uh, little sisters of the poor. And the second year philosophers, we used to go to uh, hospitals, you know, just to meet people uh, randomly, just to talk to them and just to get to know the realities outside seminary. That is what I would say. Yeah. Uh, interesting question here. Do uh, seminarians have allowance? Uh, do you get paid? <laughs> yeah, uh, we do have allowance uh, uh, around 100. And then sometimes whenever there is a public holidays, then we will get extra food allowances. Because during public holidays, then Aju will have an off day and then we will uh, get to buy food uh, ourselves. But of course, nowadays, because of the you know, pandemic and all that, uh, normally we can either opt for the college or the food for us, or we will get our own allowance, food allowances, I mean. But it's not much. <laughs> so you, you, get, you, you, you get 100 ringgit. Don't don't say it's not, not much. Uh, it, it was 50 during my time, so it, it'll, it'll never be enough. <laughs> it'll, never be, it'll, it'll never be enough for any, if you even increase it. But what, what that is given to you for what? For what purpose? Uh, what I mean, for what, what do you do with it? Just... For the benefit of our viewers. stuff like to toiletries and even you can use that to buy uh, some reading materials and then of course sometimes uh oh yeah because of the recent pandemic uh we used to a lot of zoom which is the internet thing so uh that is why college also provide us with the uh, allowance 
for the internet connection. So because all the all, all this while the classes have been done through Zoom. So we need a stable connection for that. Yeah. Hey, you, you know, if you want to get more allowance, right? What you can do is you get those durians, you know, I can help you ah. sell those durians. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of money. <laughs> if I could ask you now, you you joined the seminary and uh, if somebody along the way decides, you know, this is not for me, you know, can they leave the seminary? You know, what do they do after that? Uh, is there some support structures for them, uh, if you know? All right, uh, I'll just share. Uh, if someone would join and then leave, I think uh, most, I mean, Jojo and also uh, other brothers would uh, agree. It, I see it like it's hats off to that person. Why? Because that person has taken the risk to get into seminary and he has tried to journey and he has also identified that, okay, this might not be my call. So hats off to that person and that is a very courageous thing to do. So I think once out of the seminary, uh, life resumes as normal, you know, you have to look for a job and that is how things go. But one thing I would like to highlight here is just that I think... Uh, the stigma of leaving seminary is still very much alive in among Catholics, especially because uh, this uh, most of the time uh, when someone leaves seminary is seen as a failure. But if you ask me, I think it is more of a success rather than a failure because that person has discerned and he has got to know that, you know, this is not his vocation. Or maybe he's called to be uh, to live a married life, you know, or to be a single adult. So, yeah. I think the stigma is very much alive and it is uh, not it uh, if someone leaves the seminary it does not mean that that person is a failure in that sense yeah you know on, on the flip side uh patrick you mentioned the word failure uh some people may think that you know because you are you're failing in the outside world you know you, you don't know what to do there's nothing for you to do and all that and that's why you joined the seminary uh what, what would you say about that I mean, I'm sure you you had ambitions uh, bef before and all that, right? But then you chose this this vocation, this path of life. Uh, maybe you can talk about uh, why. No, all right. I think that is how our uh, our world is heading. You know, we are all looking for success. You know, but uh, I think it's just good to stop and ask, what does success mean? It's uh, is it about having a house or a car or a family or having you know four figures or five figures pay? So what is success at the end of the day? You know, so if I think once we start to describe or to define what is success, then I don't think so. We will see that coming into seminary is a failure. You know, but it's it's a success in a way. You know, because you are going to try something, and something which is very new, something which is. Uh, I would say, which you do not, uh, I mean, you, you do not have when, you, when you're working, you know. So it is something new and I think it's a success. So it should not, not only in seminary, I think even in anything for that matter, you know, in any job or any ambition, it should not be seen as a failure or just because this person cannot uh, succeed in life. That is why he, he opts for it, you know. Yeah, that is my, maybe Jojo want to add something. Uh, of course, personally, I won't agree with that because actually, in fact, uh, many of us here, they had a very successful career and very stable job outside before they joined the seminary. 
So, uh, in fact, joining seminary is not really an alternative option for many of us. And at the same time, it is more like uh, something, you know, we are, we will hope that it's something that uh, God calls us to do. And then we try to respond to that kind of call. So that is why we, we are here. Wonderful. Yeah, I remember, you know, when I, when I started my class, uh, there were 13 of us in my class. And uh, finally, uh, those who were ordained uh, were only four from that group of 13 people. Uh, but the others are very successful family people. Most of them are uh, today. Uh, some of them we see, we have a little WhatsApp group that we keep in touch with. And, and they've, they have tried. I think that's, that the reality is that they gave themselves the opportunity to try. Um, so if you sometimes you don't venture, you, you really don't know uh, where God is leading you. And I think seminary is a place of discernment. That's one thing people must remember. Seminary is, is, is not a, a manufacturing line. The moment you go in with raw material, uh, you're going to come out a priest. You know, the final product is going to be this. Uh, it is a place of discernment. And that's why those eight years, some people wonder, why, why do you all take so long to study? It's not just the studying part of it. That's just one portion of it. It's about forming character. Uh, it takes a long time. Uh, sometimes I believe that the, the professors or the lecturers in seminary, they have to undo uh, some things before they can. Because you know, if you want to form someone, you, you cannot just take off from where, where they come in from. Sometimes you have to undo a lot of things. that You, you have to unlearn a lot of things and then to relearn uh, and to be able. So seminary is that process uh, of discernment, of forming ourselves, of, of serving, uh, and finally, of course, we don't come out as the perfect product. Some people think that, you know, eight years of study means you should have a perfect product. Uh, QC passed and you come out, this is, a, and I realize that we are not. Uh, formation is, is does not end. It is always ongoing. And I, and I realized for myself too, eight years in the seminary somewhat doesn't prepare, didn't prepare me at least uh, for everything that you're going to encounter in ministry. It gives you a bit of foundation and then up from, and you build from that because when you go into the ministry you meet so many different situations uh too many variables that the textbook doesn't prepare you for and that's when you begin to apply some of these these learnings that you've had experiences in the seminary uh, into ministry so it will continue it will continue uh, for some for some uh, for some it makes them better people uh, in the corporate world or in family life. Yeah. Thank right. you, Father. Uh, a great point there of uh, discernment. It's a place of discernment. So I suppose as we wrap up the show, you know, I think we've, we've gave uh, uh, our viewers and also those who will be watching this, I'm sure a lot of parents will be sending this to their, their, their sons. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, it's, it's a great place uh, to go for discernment at, at, at least, you know, if you haven't decided or thinking about it, uh, if you received the call. You know, we've, we've showed you what, what is College General like, you know, beautiful place, you know, uh, you can go there, uh, nice people, uh, and, you know, you can uh, discern and for yourself and like uh, what Father and also uh, Jojo and Patrick have shared with us today. Uh, it looks like, you know, it's, it's worth to give it a shot. So uh, before, before we end up uh, the show, uh, Jojo and Patrick, maybe uh, for those watching this who might be dis uh, thinking about um, the vocation, maybe you can leave them with some last words. Okay, for those who are interested or have some idea or have some, uh, how to say, uh, there is some uh, fleeting 
uh, like I would say, uh, a nudge from God, then I think they should be open to that kind of call, no matter how fleeting it is. Uh, and then they must, uh, it's good that they get a very good spiritual director to guide them on their journey. Because uh, for me, myself, actually, in fact, I had a few uh, spiritual directors, which I really uh, learned a lot from them throughout this journey of discernment, even before the seminary. And then at the same time, of course, it is important as well to expose yourself uh, to the, the different movements, to the different ministries in the church. Because if one day you are going to be a priest, you need to be familiarize yourself with uh, everything that is going on with the people, with the church, and with the way of life in the church. So I guess uh, those are the things that you should do. And finally, of course, I uh, personally, I think prayers is very important for me. It is true prayer that we get to listen to the voice of God and then we get to uh, listen to the prompting of the Spirit in order to determine the, the will of God in us. And, and anyway, uh, prayers is the center of the life for us as a seminary and also for the priest. So I think uh, to build up that uh, momentum of prayers is very, very important. Patrick, would yeah. you like to add? Um, I think pretty much the same. Uh, you know, whenever someone asks me this question, I always give them these three points. You know, first is uh, you know, uh, be stay connected with God through prayer, through sacraments. Uh, have uh, develop your own spirituality. So that is one thing. And the second thing, as Jojo mentioned, get a good spiritual director. Find a, a priest, a, a priest who can, whom you can journey with. You know, the priest where you can be free to talk with them. Someone you trust and. You can just share with them and they can share with you. Um, personally, for me, I had I was blessed with a very good spiritual director before coming into college. And the third thing is I would say that um, discernment is all about uh, whether will you get a 100% sure answer that you are called to this, uh, to this ministry, you are called to the priesthood. Uh, from my experience, I did not get a 100% guarantee or a sure answer that I was called to the priesthood. But then there comes to a certain point after prayer and discernment, journeying with a spiritual director, there will come a point where you need to take the uh, take a leap of faith. You know, you just need to take a risk, and then you see. And I believe once you have done that, God is always very uh, merciful and He's very kind, and He will guide you through it. So yeah, that is. All right. Thank you, uh, Jojo and uh, Patrick. Uh, for the clearance, anything to add before we end? Uh, just to, to thank both our seminarians for, for opening their doors to us. A lot of people wonder how uh, priests are trained. We always talk about vocation, vocation, you know, inviting young people to, to join uh, the priesthood. Today was an attempt to, to give a, a glimpse to our viewers. What is seminary like? Because a lot of us assume uh, that the life in the seminary must be tough, must be hard. Uh, I'm not saying it's easy either, uh, but you know the basic necessities of, of life. Uh, we're not putting them through uh, some kind of a boot camp uh, and make it difficult for them. But the basic necess necessities, uh, the simplicities of life, the comfort of life, uh, they are provided for seminarians. So this was an attempt to to help people to understand how how seminarians are trained, not just you know intellectually, uh, but also emotionally, humanly speaking. Uh, how they are formed. I think that's the holistic aspect of, of training a priest. So hopefully that, you know, our, our podcast this morning gave an inside view of what a seminary life is like. Uh, a lot of people ask, you know, 
how your living quarters, you know, what do you do? Do you wash your own clothes? Do you have a TV room? Do you have a little uh, lounge area, uh, chapel, prayer? So today was an attempt, uh, Kevin, to be able to get people who can't go in. I think a lot of people are now asking, uh, can, they go, can they go visit the seminary? Uh, can we go and have a look inside? Of course, it's, it's kind of MCO now. You literally can't get into the seminary. Uh, but there are, there are certain, you know, uh, uh, where you can go, public areas. Uh, of course, not the private areas uh, of the seminar seminarians uh, and the fathers who are there. So hopefully, uh, this gives give, has given you a little bit of an, of an insight into what the seminary is like in the life of a seminarian. Uh, and our, our prayer is that it will inspire other people uh, to think about to think about uh, this as a way of life. All right. Thank you, Father. And once again, thank you, uh, Brothers Joseph and uh, Patrick, uh, for giving us that tour. Certainly very uh, insightful. Okay, we've gone over our time. Uh, so thank you so much for all those uh, watching. Before we end, of course, we would like to end with a prayer. Father? Yeah. Name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this conversation with both brothers Joseph and Patrick. We pray for all the seminarians here in our country, Malaysia, who are discerning, who are seeking the path of priesthood. Lord, we ask you to bless them, give them clarity of heart and mind, that we will always in inspire them and also encourage them to seek what God's will is for them. We pray for young people who are, who are searching, that they may also consider this way of life uh, as responding generously to your call. We pray for all others too, for the priests in the seminary, that they too may continue to the work in forming these young men to be good pastors in the ministry. Mary, our mother, we ask you to pray for all our seminarians and keep them close to your son, Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, thank you, Father, for the prayer. Uh, once again, uh, thank you, Brothers Joseph and Patrick, for joining us. And of course, um, uh, let me know when the durian uh, fruit is uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll make a trip down up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also, yeah, uh, yeah. thank you uh, to all our viewers for watching. Uh, don't forget, you can check up our previous episodes. We have uh, episodes with Father Rob Gellier as well, and also all our fantastic guests, uh, and uh, catch up in the conversations we have had. We'll have another conversation next Saturday right here on Catholics at Home at 10.30 every Saturday. All right. And also, uh, we'd like to ask you, for those of you uh, watching us uh, who've been with us, why do you enjoy Catholics at Home podcasts? You know, uh, could you please send us a 10-second video and let us know why you like our podcast? You can WhatsApp that 10-second video to 012-9400-117. All right. So we hope... Uh, to hear from you, we'd like to know why you like, why you enjoy our podcast. Do send us that video, just about ten seconds, and it'll be great. Thank you. So now, much. the the, the reason the reason why why we are doing that is that Kevin, we have been we have been on for over a year now, and a lot of people are following us, uh, and our regulars, and you know we would like to know from hear from you what is it that you you like uh, about Catholics at home, and it also gives us an idea of how to improve, how to make things better. So do send us that video clip, a 10-second clip. Just take it on your phone and, and WhatsApp to it to us. Uh, we have the number, and the number will be in the in the link later on too. And uh, hopefully, we, we get to play some of these uh, these videos also on our show. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, we, yeah. we, we kind of try to pick out a few uh, every week and to, to highlight also uh, why our viewers follow us. Yeah. It's time to put you on the show. So make sure you join us, all right? Don't forget, uh, check out the number in the description uh, when it's when it's available. 
All right. So thank you, guys, and uh, have a blessed weekend. See you next week. You too. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.